Welcome to Christ and Culture, a podcast about two kingdoms, man's kingdom and God's kingdom, and how they collide. So what's up, guys? Hey, uh, it's Paul. I'm back with you, man. And actually, it's the first time. This is my first uh, podcast. But I'm excited to be doing this, man. This is Christ and Culture. Man, I got Stephen on, man. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Stephen. Yeah, so uh, I've been serving at Hewlin Street for about seven months now as a discipleship pastor. I come from a student ministry background, uh, so I've been serving with students, seventh through twelfth graders, for the past man, fifteen. How you or like so that, years. man? How you like them kids? Man? I got I got out of it, man. <laughs> <laughs> so so hard. I didn't realize how hard it was on my on my life and who I was. Uh, no, it was so good. I I loved student ministry. I was impacted. Uh, monumentally when I was a seventh and eighth grader. And so it was cool to see how God, um, God let me be a part of that in other people's lives as well yeah, for, uh, sure. for a season. And yeah. uh, I, for the longest time, I thought I was going to be a lifer in student ministry. I thought I was going to be like 65 years old because I have, I have friends that can do that, but yeah, I, I, know, yeah. I am a lesser man. I could not hang. <laughs> I think I turned 30 and I was like, okay, where's the exit? <laughs> man, I like to actually touch a little bit about what you said earlier. Um, you had somebody that influenced your life around, you said eighth grader or something like yeah. that during that time. Yeah. That's an important thing, I think, for me, because that's one of the reasons that I'm motivated to want to do things like that. What about you? Oh, man, yeah. I, I, I think... Um, I think everybody's story looks unique and different. I think the whole time, you know, God is, uh, he's preparing you for what his calling is. And, and there's a variety of things that he uses to do that, um, from, you know, believers shaping you at, at just his right timing, you know, that, yeah, that, sure. that he would have, uh, a major impact on your life and, and that that would flow into other people's lives. I, I really think the, you know, the suffering that we go through and, and the mm-hmm. challenges and stuff like that, God, God works that, you know, he shapes us with that, but also for the benefit of others um, to where we can connect with people in the midst of their suffering, in the midst yeah. of their story. Yeah. And uh, he uses it for, for life change, you know, like he yeah. uses it for eternal uh, significant outcomes. So. That's right, man. God is uh, glorified, I believe, man. One of my favorite verses is that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord. Yeah. And it's like those things that we go through. They don't uh, uh, just hurt us or break us or anything. It's like uh, they actually mold us and make us to the image of Christ and that mm. it will always be for our good and God's glory. So that's what just so impacts me a lot of times because, shoot, I'm going to tell you right now, man, it's been getting tough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Like what? Yeah. Exactly. We're, we're, we're in 2021. <laughs> Hopefully things will slide down here. But, Hopefully uh, by the time you hear this, everything is perfect <laughs> and wonderful in life. Yeah, I hope so. But if not, just remember, it is working out for God's good or glory and our good. Light you know? and momentary. That's right. Yeah, you know? light and momentary in the fact or the space of of all eternity, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be nothing, man. Well, anyway, my brother, my Love brother. <laughs> so, side note: What are we talking about? <laughs> what uh, what called you? What do you feel called you? How do you how do you know what called you to that? How do you even know that this was what the life that you were supposed to do was going to be? Oh man, unavoidable. Uh, I think I think <laughs> I mean really, it was. Uh, I was trying to think back back through my story a little bit. Um, again, when I was when I was twelve, thirteen, there were just major identity. Um, identity struggles, yeah. uh, you know, when, when that's I, a big thing, man, I think that in this church, not only for me as an adult, identity is tough, but especially as a student, man, how important yeah. is identity? And, 
Yeah. So for me, when I, when I was in junior high, there were just some major, I mean, I know now they were idols in my life that, mm-hmm. that I had built up um, from sports. I wanted to be a, an MLS soccer player oh, and, wow. and all that kind of stuff. And I got cut from my team. Oh, dang, that um, sucks, bro. <laughs> man, I, I had, I had all sorts of struggles. Like I, I wanted to be you know, I wanted to look like my oldest brother. I wanted to have the creativity of my middle brother. Yeah. I wanted to be them. How I many did, brothers you got, man? I had, I had two. I have two older brothers. Oh, I got two brothers, but they ain't no one's older, one younger, man. So you're right in the middle. Yeah, I'm that a middle That explains child, a lot man. about you. Yeah. That explains so much. <laughs> Is that why I got that swag? I love I love the middle child because it's like, I, I feel like you just, you get along with everybody. You just want everybody to get along. Um <laughs> Man, you got to get along to fit along, man. You yeah. get lost, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, <I don't laughs> well, go back, man. Uh, you want to so, be like your older brother? Yeah, I just, I just didn't want to be me. That's what it came down to. And and uh, so, man, I, I struggled with all sorts of sadness. And I, I wouldn't say depression heavy, but, man, I did not want to be me. And mm-hmm. uh, and just came to the came to the reality that God created me. God wanted mm. me. Man, um, that's right, man. Amen. And that's an awesome thing to realize um, when you're on that tipping point is that maybe you didn't want to be you. You wouldn't ha- you wouldn't have given yourself, you know, all these different <laughs> things that you're going through. If I was to choose anybody, I don't know if I would have chose me. But but, but God but God did and yeah. he and he cares about you. Like yeah. he loves you and you know that in Christ. Like God yeah. proves his love for you on the uh, in cross, Christ. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. That while you were still a mess, while you yeah. while you didn't want to mm. be you, while you mm. were a mess at being you. Um, he saves you. And yeah, so, sure. uh, that was a cool thing for me. And, and there were some, some significant guys in my life that, that came along and said, Hey, I, I can see what God is shaping you for. Mm. And they walked alongside me and that, I mean, that was student pastors, adult leaders, uh, small group leaders and all that. So that was a big, <laughs> big moment. Twelve thirteen. Yeah. Um, they just started to invite me along they They were like, you know, you can, roll out tables for us on Wednesday night. You can, you can, you know, roll chords for the band and so that's significant. Sound. I don't know if people know that, man, but uh, when you have to do everything on your own, it can be hard. So when somebody asks you to roll out that tape, man, just roll out that tape for them, brothers. Well, it's so funny. Like those are small things, but it meant the world to me that somebody that I looked yeah. up to invited me along and said, for Hey, sure. you can, you can do this. Like you can Definitely. be a part of this. Yeah. And I thought that was the coolest thing. So, I uh, got to got to meet like random people that had an impact on my story that I just I don't think about on a regular basis. But I'm like, yeah. man, Clayton back on Clayton that. had a huge impact yeah. on me, and he was just some goofball like 11th grader <laughs> that actually knew how to work the soundboard slightly. You know, yeah. <laughs> so uh, speak on that. Just like I keep interrupting you, brother. But I love it to speak on that, man. It's like you don't have to be an adult mm. to be able to work in people's lives. No, I can I can remember. Uh, he was probably a 16 or 17 year old, um, Ben, he had a blue Mustang and he invited me to a, like a sonic drink oh, one yeah. afternoon that meant the world to me yeah, for sure. and having like once, once or twice, but he was, he was the big brother of one of my friends. Mm-hmm. And when he invited me along, I was like, what? Yeah. So he's a 17 year old. Yeah. He, I have no idea what that conversation was about, but I can remember it yeah. today. And he played like Kirk Franklin or something like that. And I was like, <laughs> I'll buy every album, you know, <laughs> but just, Stop. but just shape shape that just shows like what era <laughs> lived in. But, um, so leadership actually, uh, that's the thing, man. Leadership doesn't have to always come from the top, man. You're bringing it back around. Uh, what are you? <laughs> you know, that's what I got. Got to make this podcast time, about leadership somehow. <laughs> so, uh, fast forward to my story. Um, so I was, I was probably sixteen or seventeen. I was having 
just normal time in the word, um, which was probably a rarity, honestly. Like I didn't really <laughs> read my Bible a whole lot as a teenager. Um, my my youth pastor wanted us to so badly. I hope we did. And, I, and I just couldn't, man. Um, I did not. Uh, I could have, but I did not. So I was, I was reading in 1 Samuel 16, and it was uh, just one of those moments where like I had promptings all along, I'm sure. Uh, but it was just one of those moments of clarity when I was reading reading God's word, and it was kind of like a, oh, mm. this is God's calling me to. I just I thought I thought like church work, missionary work, something like that. Um, but that was when I, I realized, wow, he's he's calling me to be a pastor. Uh, yeah. And uh, when I gave in, I mean that's really what it was. It's like <laughs> it clicked, the lights came on, and I was just like, oh, I didn't really know what to do with it. I called I called my uh, our pastor, um, Russ and his wife, Sue. And, uh, I just said, Hey, can I come over and, and just talk through something with you? And, and I shared what I, what I just kind of sensed. And they were like, Oh yeah, we knew you've been called to pastoral ministry for a long time. <laughs> How and was I, it like that? Same, man? same thing happened. So I, I gave a call to my youth pastor. He was living in Alabama at the time. And I was like, Hey, um, I, I, I got this sense, you know, I talked with pastor Russ, I talked with Miss Sue and, um, this is kind of some of the stuff that's going on. He's like, oh yeah, I've known that since you were like 13. And I was like, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> that, would have, that would have saved me a lot of time, but it was, it was just cool to see, um, just that affirmation of yeah, calling coming around. Sure. And then, and then it was just those baby steps from there where it's like, you want to roll cables? Okay, go. Mm-hmm. If you want to ro- roll out tables with us on a Wednesday night, that's great. You want to lead a small group? Okay, let's lead a small group. And it was just like those those shaping moments mm-hmm. where God is just really clarifying the call of what He's what He's assigned to you yeah. um, and what you get to be a part of. And so that was a cool thing. It's been a cool thing, even you know, past that to where it's like it narrows down even even more specifically what I'm wired for what I get to do, um, in, in kingdom work. So, and so what, uh, speaking of, uh, what you're wired down to, what you, what, do, what do you think some of the qualities are of someone who is going to be a leader? What, what do you think those qualities need to be? Well, a leader, I mean, Christian leader or just yeah. a leader? Well, are we going off, Christian we're, leadership? We're, we're, Cause yeah, the yeah, podcast yeah, is yeah, Christian all, leadership, Christian, <laughs> but it is Christ in culture. That's, so we gotta, okay. we gotta transcend okay. it to the to normal leadership, but let okay. us actually, let's start on Christian leadership. Cause I think that's important because, the values of a Christian leadership, I think, move into worldly leadership, into the marketplace. Okay. But I don't necessarily sometimes think that that leadership from the world can can come into Christian leadership. But that's uh, what we'll talk about later, and we'll, we'll, we'll see we'll see your thoughts on that. <laughs> okay, we'll cut that up later. Um, so yeah, what are some uh, um, leadership Christian leadership skills you think is, is important? Christian leadership skills. Um, I mean, as far as like character quality and, yeah, yeah. and things like that. I, I mean, I think you know First Timothy three, Titus one. They're gonna they're gonna run through a lot of your personal, what people would call like followership. Mm-hmm. Like, are you able to follow Jesus obediently mm-hmm. in in the small things that He's given you? When you think about Jesus, like you know when He's teaching the parables and He's mm-hmm. saying, you know, to to some He gave like ten, some yeah. He gave five, some He gave one. Yeah. What are you doing with what you have? Mm-hmm. Um, are you? I mean, kind of what you're talking. About, are you? helping others around you and are you glorifying God with what you've been given right now with this opportunity? He hasn't given you that opportunity. He's given you this right here. So what are you doing with this? And I think that's what a lot of, uh, 
a lot of the qualifications of like elders and and overseers, deacons, that kind of stuff. That's what it's evaluating. It's it's okay. Do you glorify God? Like, are you pointing to Him with what you've been given, and are you being faithful with what you've been given? Um, so with that, I mean, relationships I think are a big deal. What are you doing with those initial friendships, mm-hmm. um, those those immediate family relationships? Uh, I know a lot of people that think, oh, you know, I'm going to be a a prolific missionary, you know, around the world, but it's like, okay, who are you, who are you yeah. talking with? Who are you influencing right now yeah. in your circles? Cause you're going to get on a plane and go over there and you're going to have the same thing. Like you're going to have a boss, you're going to have a, hopefully a job somewhere. So, so how are you influencing your, your boss right now? How are you using your work for the glory of God? How are you um, using the, the skill set that you have in those different ways? And so I think, I think that's kind of what it gets down to. I mean, as simply as possible, Jesus is always good, right? So yeah, um, how are you loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? And how are you loving your neighbor um, as yourself? And so that's that should be seen in whatever areas of influence that you've been given yeah. right now. So that's kind of Christian so, leadership, I would say. Man, that that's a, brings up a good point that you were talking about at wherever you are at this moment. And it seemed like even in some of those positions that a person may not be in a quote unquote position of leadership. You said, how are you influencing your boss? You know, and I thought it was a good word. You said, how you said followership, Mm. that leadership starts with followership. Because I guess, I guess we know the, the head leader is, is Jesus. Yes. You know? And so how'd you come up with that, that idea that it, it, it starts out with followership? Like, what events or, or what happened to lead you up to thinking about that in that direction? Because I don't think that normal people think about being a good leader, especially in a, I mean, a, a, as a Christian leader, maybe. But I don't think that's really on people's mind. Man, there's a there's a really good book. I can't think of who the author is, but it's called, oh my gosh, I think it's called Three, Three Kings or something like that. It talks about David, it talks about Saul, and it talks about Absalom. And he mm. says, David... <laughs> David, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, it was cool because he says he says David, um, David trusted the Lord. He's actually following the Lord, mm-hmm. and he's submitting his life even to a terrible, terrible boss. He's he's submitting yeah, himself yeah, to yeah, a, yeah. to a boss that's trying to kill yeah, him with Saul spears. <laughs> so so he says Saul is a spear thrower. Saul mm-hmm. that his is his leadership style. Like he is trying to eliminate competition. Yeah, David yeah, is yeah. David is humbling, submitting himself to the leadership of the Lord, and that that shows through his his followership, his following mm-hmm. of Saul, where he's saying he's the Lord's anointed until further notice. Yeah. Um, and so he just talks about how basically like your evaluation is. Do you look like David or do you look like Saul? Are you throwing spears or are you submitting your life to the mm. Lord and trusting him with whatever it is that you've been given for this season of life? Yeah. Uh, he says, so that's David's heart. And then he goes, Absalom, he's like, do you look like David but throw spears like Saul? And it's like, oh, <laughs> man. So yeah, uh, it's that good. Is, that is good, man. But hey, uh, it, let but, me know the book and I'll put, I'll put it in the comments. Okay. I mean, I'll put it in the description. It's something about <laughs> kings and spears. I don't know. <laughs> But I just, I love that, and I, I saw that with my I've seen that with my mentors, the people that I love a lot, and I just I want to be like. They have authority over them. Uh, there's a great book uh, Clay Scroggins wrote, "How to Lead When You're Not in Charge," and he basically says everybody's not in charge. Like uh, yeah. the CEO of a company has a board that he's reporting to, yeah. uh, the board and and all the uppers they're they're reporting to their stakeholders, their shareholders. Every yeah. like you don't right. you don't yeah. have. Yeah. 
you you are not an authority into yourself. Um, that's so that's so true too, because uh, and that's something that you can actually take from Christian leadership and bring it to the to the marketplace because we always have an authority. Christ, He's always our leader, our commander, our high priest, our king. He's everything, and yeah. we follow Him and serve others in that way. But dude, that's real talk. I never thought about in the world that you always have somebody that you've actually got to. Uh, abide by you know what I'm yeah. saying because if not yeah. then you ain't gonna have that position no more yeah so that's that's crazy man uh so talking about uh this this life that you had how how uh has your ministry that you've served been different from when you first began to what you're doing right now when I first began oh my gosh like a, as a pat like an actual pastor mm-hmm. okay so I probably thought going into student ministry, I was like, I just want to have fun and kids get around me. And if they get around me, they're going to love Jesus. They're going to follow him and all that kind of stuff. And so it was very much a, I would call it more tactical leadership where you are, you're in the trenches. You're just like right next to him. And you're just, you know, Mm -hmm. you're putting your arm around that kid, that first line where you're just saying, man, you know, know Jesus and all that. Now I realize, um, I realized that that my influence as a pastor is about raising up the believers to do the work of the gospel mm. um, yeah. in in exponential terms. So when I'm investing in five five core believers, that those five are influencing their family of three or four their their work life like when i'm spending time with those those strategic five people that it's actually multiplying out yeah. and so that kind of that kind of mentality was far from me cuz it was, i was like well i want to like <clears throat> i want to pour into this one kid like this one kid and and i wanted to be the cool student pastor and i wanted yeah, to like yeah. all that kind of stuff and <clears throat> Drink coke and, through a uh, sock. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> All the fun and games. Just go to camp. Like that's what you do as a student pastor. Like that's your that's your main thing. And and just setting up opportunities for other people to make disciples. Um, so I'm making disciples. Hopefully with those people and they're making disciples and thinking more that long term, strategic, um, bigger yeah. picture than just why. Well, you know, I met with these three guys mm-hmm. and that's that's the end of it. But it's like, okay, who are my three guys meeting with? Yeah. And who are their three guys meeting with? Visionary you know. more. <clears throat> so how, how did you get to uh, like? How did you get to that thought process? What what kind of uh, things brought you there? Slowly, I am not very <laughs> sharp. It takes <laughs> some no, time takes to whittle days. whittle it down. <laughs> um, coming to that process, uh, coming to that mindset, I think just as you realize the the gifts that you've been given, um, like for me. As a student pastor, you know, you could you could have 20, 15 or 20 students in your student ministry and you can do you can do that work. Um, I could call 15, 20 kids every week and and set up time with them and, and make that work. I was thrown into a student ministry that was a lot bigger than that. And right. that's just it's a bigger work than just what you can do. Mm-hmm. And to have that mindset of, oh, that's the kingdom. The kingdom is bigger than what Stephen Rickles can do, you know. And and I think a lot of times we think I'm I'm building the, like I'm awesome. The kingdom is me. Yeah. It's like no no no. The kingdom is is yeah. a lot bigger, um, a lot more beautiful than just Stephen <laughs> Stephen Rickles. And uh, and so just to come to that 
that place of saying, one, I'm not going to be here forever. Um, I don't get to be the student pastor over these students forever. My game is short. Um, and so uh, to think about that, I, I think a lot of it comes from a place of humility where, like, oh, God hasn't just given me the vision of this or me the calling of this, but us as, as his church. Yeah, the church. He has brought us together. I <laughs> Probably a, a place of need and just desperation and weakness, I think, brings makes you think yeah. of how how you are interacting with other believers to do the work of the gospel. Like you are a body, um, mm-hmm. probably like a a hangnail on your baby toe. You know, like that's <laughs> that's my role. Yeah, that's bad. I think I may uh, be the booger <laughs> in the body. <laughs> but um, just to realize that it's not all on you, and mm-hmm. I think that's an important place to come to as a as a pastor. Where you know I do have. I, I love the calling that the Lord's placed on my life, but it's not just about me and it's not just for me. And I have no idea. That has just been modeled out for me for a long time. It's just, mm-hmm. it's buried in there and I've gotten to to walk in that a little bit better. One one thing that kind of helped with that is I was on a team of, of four or five people in student ministry. So we all had a, like our own campuses, but we would come together every Monday and we would, we would see what we had coming up, you know, big events and Wednesday nights and all that kind of stuff. And we would just work around a table and share ideas Mm -hmm. and everybody was able to come together and collaborate, like to co-labor in, in the work of the gospel. And we were able to reach, you know, like we had five campuses, we had, um, probably 15 high schools that we were influencing. And you just think about the amount of students that you're impacting, the leaders Mm -hmm. that you're shaping and all this stuff. And it's like, this is so much better than just me, like, hold up in my office, being like, okay, hey, hey, Timmy, you want to meet? Nope, you're not responding to me at all. So, okay, uh, what do I do now? So it was just, it was a cooler, bigger vision of, wow, this is something so spectacular that I get to, I get to have a seat at the table yeah. with these people that God has gifted in tremendous ways that are not my giftings. Yeah. And that's for our good and his yeah. glory. That's Just his like glory. what you said, yeah. bringing it back. Definitely, bring it back. Man. That's, that's real awesome to be able to, uh, to know that you're not alone in this leadership. Yes. I think a, a lot of times that, um, we feel like we have to be the man. Like you said, like Stephen Rickles is the kingdom or Paul Ryder is the kingdom, man, because I think it's really tough to see all these things that need to get done. And sometimes we don't want to offload that stuff to other people. And so yeah. I, I thought it was real good. Uh, sorry, but I thought it was real good uh, earlier where, where you, you think this there. is your podcast? You get to just <laughs> <laughs> do what I want here. Muted. <laughs> but sorry. I, th- I think it's really awesome, though, that uh, that it's important to understand as a leader to offload stuff to other people yeah. because that is what is going to build the uh, uh, future of the church because like you said we're not going to be here forever even though God will move in many ways but I think that he uses us to do that and that's what's so awesome about God is that dude he's privileged us to be able to do that and be able to see the work of his kingdom man yeah so I do got another question man what what are some of the strategies or, or things like that that you feel is important for a leader a Christian leader to know to be able to help build that um the next leader you know and uh because i think it's important to bring practical action to uh like the work of the gospel because so oftentimes we'll be like 
just feel the spirit, you know, just move. And the spirit is great because he has such power and he can move us and everything like that. But what are some, are, are there anything that you can uh, uh, say that helps you to be able to teach and grow those people that you are trying to help mentor to become leaders of the next generation? For me, it's pretty simple. Uh, I'm a simple person. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a grand, grand strategy. Just That's good, brother. Inviting people to the table. Yeah. Um, what do kinda, you mean when you say inviting so? People in, to the inviting table? people to the table. So we do a, a lot of planning around tables. Uh, mm-hmm. Just the way it is, whether that's a, you know, you're going, you're going to a lunch, you invite people along with you. Uh, I think that's something that, uh, I would say me or many pastors probably it's easier to not do things with people. Um, you can hole away and crunch out your sermon. You can, you know, you can practice it. Being a leader in the church is more than just preaching. Just, <laughs> I thought I was just supposed to write a sermon. On like your, yeah, on your strategy meetings and things like that, like what you're doing for the next six months, how the church is being strategic. Just invite people along in it. Mm-hmm. Um, have those have those relationships. I think that's that's somewhat disciple making, where you're you're walking people through what it looks like. Why are we doing what we're doing as a church? Um, how is that? How is that being obedient to Jesus? Um, and, and just walking people through those those small things. Uh, so just inviting them along. If you're going to a lunch with somebody, if you're um, going to a, a funeral or a memorial service, and, like invite somebody along with you and and show them, walk them through why you're doing what you're doing. You can you can have a debrief afterwards and be like, okay, what would you see? What could I get better as a leader and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it sharpens us as leaders when we invite that perspective around. Um, it is it, one reason why people don't do it is that it's it's tiring. It, it takes a little bit more relational energy to to do that to invite people along. It's not as simple as just like, well, I knocked out a sermon, cool, okay, on to the next one. But it's a I knocked out a sermon, but I'm also bringing this guy along in his sermon writing and his sermon in his sermon prep and and how he how he approaches the word. So it's like, but that's going to influence the next twenty years of that guy's ministry if, if yeah. we do that, like just simple things. So. Strategy, I mean, sure, <laughs> yeah, but it's like just inviting inviting people to the table. I think is is what has to happen. Uh, yeah. Inviting them into conversations, inviting people alongside. I think you see that modeled throughout the New Testament, where you just yeah, you see sure. him like you see yeah, Paul like doing doing it all the time, where he's just yeah. like, "Hey, I've got my guys," yeah, you know. <laughs> it, yeah. It's not just me. It's it's this guy, this guy, this guy, and yeah. and they're doing that together. And I think you see that that influence you know that's that's generational um that's dope man because uh i think sometimes we think that that being a leader to help others to become leaders is like sitting down and having bible studies with them you know yeah and that doesn't sound like i'm not saying you're saying don't do that but i know you're saying it's more than that it's like just living life with people and i think that's that's dope because it's like a discipleship partner or someone you're teaching or growing to be a leader i think they should be your friend and it seems like more that's what you're saying is like uh they should be partnering with you in all the things that you do because timothy man he said that's his beloved brother mm-hmm. and uh man one thing i didn't really think about is we had a guy at that bros and brisket man it was dope and he was talking about how paul knew his his mama and his grandma oh yeah, yeah yeah he's like uh, lois <laughs> who knows their grandmother's name <laughs> their friend's grandmother's name that was so good so that and that's really that spoke to me man it's like dude if if i'm going to be growing someone and teaching them and helping them to become the next leader in the generation then maybe 
leadership is actually also friendship with that person, man. So that's that's good stuff, man. Now, I'm going to try and dive deep <laughs> okay. into the heart of Steven right here. Good okay. luck, man. I'll, <laughs> <laughs> I'll try I'll try to cooperate as much as I can. <laughs> so I do I do want to I want to ask the tough questions, man. I'm like I'm a, I'm an investigative reporter now. I'm asking a tough question. Okay. But did did you did you ever have any doubt about your leadership uh, uh, whenever you were called and then as you were doing the things you were doing. And then if you did, then like, how did you get out of those? How did you like, I don't want to say you mustered up your own strength to, to, to do better, but how'd you deal with that? The answer is yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, I think there's all sorts of doubt and struggle and difficulty as you're, you know, as you're trying to be faithful to what God's called you to, uh, I think there's all, 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 man, there's all sorts of voices kicking around in my head. <laughs> um, was it like a, a, a struggle, a specific struggle, uh, either um, mentally or, or maybe? Uh, I have all sorts of mental struggles, man. <laughs> well, I'm not talking about that. No. <laughs> uh, as far as like a struggle goes, I think, I mean, it, any any message that I'm sharing with somebody or preaching, like you have to do, you're doing the hard work of teaching, like preaching that to yourself mm-hmm. and trying to submit to the word of God for yourself before you get there on Sunday. And it does not happen like that. Like yeah. you don't, you, you don't get to do your, you know, your 10 day out sermon writing, your overview, your mm-hmm. outlines, all that kind of stuff. And then you're building out the meat of, of your sermon. You got 10 days where you're trying to, okay, I, I know that this is God's word for us as a church, but it's also, it's, yeah, it's for me for as, sure. as a guy, I'm, yeah. just, I'm a guy yeah. that's trying to follow Jesus. And so for those things to be worked within us, um, before it's spoken out of us, mm-hmm. uh, there, there's all sorts of guys that say, man, you know, your message preaches, but more than more than the message is the preacher. The preacher's life uh, yeah. is what really preaches, what really shows it. And so uh, there's all sorts of struggles like that where it's just like, man, okay, I don't – I am terrible at this in my life right now. <laughs> and God has me uh, preaching on it. It's like, yeah, because he's, he's, he's good to you. To he's, you. Fa- <laughs> he's faithful to you. I, I really think, you know, uh, yeah, the church needs to hear it, but I need to hear it like – 50 times and that's what's happening in the in the course of my my message preps and mm-hmm. and all these things that I'm I'm around I'm like oh my gosh this is so so good so necessary <laughs> um so I mean there's there's all kind of stuff like that uh self-doubt I, man I'm, I'm a pretty prideful person and so that's always been a a struggle where when I was talking about you know my kingdom like do I look good is this is this something that gets me applause? That's a battle all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. It's because I'm just I'm incredibly selfish. I'm I'm prideful on that, that stuff. So, with pride, you also carry a lot of weight into that ministry, where it's just like, oh, you know, I'm I'm worn out and I'm I'm run rested, and I, I just feel all those kind of those kind of burdens, those kind of struggles, and to give it over to the Lord and say regardless of what people think, um, Galatians 1.10 has been a verse that was kind of given to me, <laughs> given to me in college. Um, 
And, and she says, am I trying to win the approval of men or of God? If I'm trying to win the approval of men, I'm not a servant of the Lord. Yeah, and, sure, definitely. And it's just like how important that is uh, for us to, I mean, the audience of one is a yeah. is kind of cheesy, but very helpful yeah. of just checking those motivations and, and working through my own pride struggle where it's just mm-hmm. like, you know what? You didn't call you to this. You didn't make you, and and it's not on you only. You're called to abide. You're called to walk with Him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get I get to um, preach every once in a while, and and I'll I'll be like, I hate that I got to preach this message. Like this is the message that I wanted to preach, but it's like, oh, it's not my message. It's not on me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's God's word, and so it, that's a that's a really cool place to come to where it's like. I'm just irritated. I'm frustrated. I can't get this out. I can't get this right. And it's like, it's not, it's not on you. Um, yes, you want to be faithful. Yes, you want to be skillful. You want to be diligent and all those things. But ultimately it's, you know, the Lord is going to do what he, what he does, what, what he's, he's working towards. So that's kind of a, a relief place to be. I don't know how we got there. I'm sorry. <laughs> Man, we was talking about your struggles. My, my struggles. <laughs> I got a lot of struggles. I got a lot of struggles. Well, since I brought you down so low, man, and you had to, <laughs> you had to bear your soul to everybody here, you know, uh, what, uh, 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 what is one of, like, the most joyful experiences that you've got to, to feel during your time as a leader? Man, most joyful experiences. Um I'll tell you, it is a blast. Like it is, it is so fun to get to baptize people, to hear their story, uh, to celebrate with the church what yeah. God has been doing. That life change. It's even better when a, a person that you've baptized, you've gotten to walk with them, you've gotten to disciple them. When they're sharing the gospel, when they're living out their faith, yeah. like. To a person, you're sitting there in a in a coffee shop or whatever, and they're just like sharing the gospel. You're like, look at this! Like that's yeah. that pumps me up. Uh, yeah, you're that, right, dude. That's that it's is awesome. so cool. Yeah. It, it's so cool. It just it makes you feel really small. You're just like, he's doing a, he's doing what what we've talked about yeah. forever, and he's doing it better than I could. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Uh, the glory of God, man, yeah. seeing in, in other people. That's, yeah. that's so amazing, man. That is so amazing, man. Yeah, I had a buddy, and uh, uh, and I know this ain't about me, but I'm going to tell a story because <laughs> that is an awesome experience. <laughs> it's just, I, I got a buddy, man. Now I see him moving through Scripture, thinking theologically, thinking uh, yeah. uh, spiritually, thinking how he can live out this gospel, how much he cares for God and loves God and wants to share it with so many people. And that's why he shares the gospels, because of the joy and the love he has for God that he wants other people to feel. Mm. That's a, it's, a wonder, it's, it's a wonderful thing to think. Man, God, you allowed me to be a part of yeah. that. And it's like, dude, that's... I ain't going to call you stupid guy, you know what I'm saying, because I don't know how you would pick me, but mm. uh, you did, man. And, and and obviously it wasn't because it was genius because that's that's the, he used me as a means by which this person now glorifies God and, and is sharing his, his testimony and his, uh, uh, his God's love for everyone, man. Mm-hmm. So that's a beautiful thing, man. That's a beautiful thing, man. So, well, I appreciate you uh, coming in and, and hanging out with me today and, and being able to do this uh, uh, podcast with me. Yeah, it was, it was a joy me. to be able to uh, have you here, man. Yeah. Cool. And, uh, yeah, if uh, you guys want to check out more about Stephen, man, come on down to Healing Street because uh, we would love to have you and love to be able to, uh, you know, share the message of gospel. Stephen would love to disciple you. 
He would love to teach you how to grow in Jesus or at least have uh, some people that he's teaching to grow, teach you to grow, to teach you to grow. So that's awesome, man. And, uh, yeah, we just appreciate you for, for coming on, man. Man, thanks and, and so much thank for having me. You got anything that you want to tell us before we leave, like some super, super dope? or, or... Drop, drop some knowledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, no. <laughs> I got, I got nothing. Yeah, I, I gave, it, huh? I gave you all I got. It was a lot too, and we do appreciate it, man. So hopefully we'll be able to have you on some other time. We'll talk about some some different cultural stuff. Come on, okay. But I forgot actually one thing that we need to talk about, man, is how can some of this stuff that you've told us about in Christian leadership translate to the just the, just the leadership? Let's just mm. let's end on that. I'm gonna make you give us some wisdom. Man. Okay. I'm gonna make you drop some some knowledge on us right before we go. But how can we take the? We'll never take the Christian out of a, a Christian leadership because we, okay. we we are in Christ and that's who we are foremost. Here, but here's what I would say. Uh, I think uh, I've been working with teenagers for a long time, working with adults. It's it's basically having the same conversation just with some wrinklier, older people. <laughs> so you influence, you lead people. It's just a matter of direction where you're taking them. Um, so I think that's what culture is about too. You know, yeah. culture is taking people. It's ideas. It's it's a perspective. It's a worldview yeah. that's taking you in a direction. You don't get to choose. Uh, it's taking you there. Yeah. So leadership is the idea of okay, I, I'm acknowledging that I have influence. You could have influence over a little brother or sister. You might have a leadership over your whole family. You might have leadership over a company, mm-hmm. um, but you have leadership and you are influencing them in a direction. I hear from people all the time that they're just like, I, I don't have leadership or I don't want leadership. You don't get a choice. Mm. You're influencing people. Yeah. Now, now where you are leading them to, it's either you're leading them towards self, like, oh, I can do this all on my own. That's going to crush them. Mm-hmm. Now, Christian leadership is pointing you to one who is worthy, who is capable, yeah. the one who who looks at you. He hears the cry of the oppressed. He hears, he sees you in your sorrow. He yeah. sees you in, the, in your suffering, and he does something about it. And so I think that's a, a cool thing about Christian leadership is that you're not alone in where you're taking people, and it's not yeah. even you that's taking them along. Like you're you're following Jesus. I love yeah, Paul's. So right, I love Paul where he says, "Hey, follow me because I'm following follow Christ. Christ." Yeah, yeah. Don't just follow me if if I'm like walk you know walking on my own. I'm following Christ. Therefore, you know where we're headed, and it's not to the tomb. Yeah, it's on the other side. That's right. Yeah. Hey, that's beautiful, man. I appreciate it, man. And we'll see you guys in the next episode. Bro.